five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about Google today and privacy and some things like that. Oops. One of my trees came on automatically, which is pretty excellent. But the other one I unplugged, so now we got it going. So you can enjoy the holiday spirit. Let's get over to the Dunkin' Donuts cartoon or commercial. And the idea, well, you can, it's pretty self-explanatory. That's peppermint mocha I smell. Everyone, the holidays are here. It's here. Yeah. It's here. Well, folks, it's finally here. The cup is back. Peppermint mocha. Bite <laughs> down. So for some reason, <laughs> she put her <laughs> she put her coffee cup in the middle of her Dickens Dick, Dick Dickensonian uh, miniature set. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, uh, so let's get over to <laughs> the important stuff. Okay, PDF, and here we go. I got to hit a lot of buttons. Duncan Christmas. An old-fashioned Christmas village, and there it is. But the cup is in the village, real scale. And then these, it, anyway, you got the idea. A giant cup lands, and then a newscaster reports the cup is back. And uh, then the ad says the holidays start with you. And Duncan was was returning to the free coffee Mondays, but it ended <laughs> this Monday. I missed it. Uh, there's no Dunkin' Donuts quite around here. You have to go over to Waukesha. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about, I saw this this feature, how Google is trying to help advertisers and publishers link their data. And we were talking with Mike Gunderson's group yesterday about privacy and about um, about how we do and and. Paul down at Market Builder, how we do some handle some of the privacy issues with our clients, and uh, how they do it, and we had a really nice talk. It was really really great, um, and uh, and Google is trying to do some things about it. So I thought I'd go over to Google and see what they were up to, <clears throat> and they were they're working on something that they announced in October called Google Pair, okay, or Publishers Advertiser identity reconciliation now there's a lot of tools in mail for matching addresses and you don't even necessarily need and sometimes it's better not to include the person's name I have to say but there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you can utilize home address legally as a it is not a violation of privacy because home address is somewhat public information Right, I have to say, you know, your 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 address is your browser history. Well, that's pretty private, right? You think it is? I think it is. It isn't, but it should be, <laughs> maybe. And of what value it is, I'm not sure. But one of the advantages of getting into mail is that we can match lists, compare lists with one with another. Um, and there are also several, uh, many cooperative matching services and there are some that even utilize first party transaction data so we were talking about some of that it was a very very interesting conversation and um and 
and and and sometimes it works really well and sometimes other things work better um again it's always important to have someone with more than 10 minutes of experience handling personal identity so uh, we've been handling that for 40 years and you know it, in, and the way that the industry buzzwords tell you it has to be done is not always the way it has to be done and sometimes it's often better not to do it um google also has so so their pair reconciliation is an idea of anonymizing um your data and comparing it with someone else's anonymized data and seeing some of the overlap that you control what they can see and they control what you can see um but one of the and it's there's also a there's also a uh a new Google tool came out in January called Topics and Topics. We got Google Topics is over here. Uh, and Google Topics is a simplification of their uh, FLOC flock um, idea, which was that we could, we could categorize people. Like for example, if you saw my browser history, if Google saw it, I don't know if Google sees it or not because um, I mean, certainly they can get their hands on it, but I don't use Google search, for example, but I do, uh, so I watch, but I do use YouTube a lot. So they could look at my YouTube usage and see that I, that I like to watch the Milwaukee Bucks highlights when they win. I used to have a, a Google, um, alert and it would always come up and say, do you want to see the highlights of a team that I follow? And they didn't ever realize that I only wanted to see the, follow, the, the highlights when they won. I don't like watching them. I don't like taking the time to watch them when they lose. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me. The funny part about watching highlights is they always make the three-pointers. Almost always. Because <laughs> those are highlights. And they almost never make And when you watch a real game, it's like, Man, they don't make many of these three-pointers. Pretty funny, <laughs> but it, it's it's again you get a you get a you get a really distorted perspective only watching highlights. I have to say. So anyway, so maybe they would spot that I'm a, a Milwaukee Bucks fan when they win, and that would be one of my cohorts. Now that wouldn't get you very far because I don't I don't think I even own a Milwaukee Bucks item of of fan gear. Not, I don't think I own one. I own a bunch of Packer stuff. I own lots of Badger stuff. But I don't think I own one Milwaukee Bucks item of anything. I can't think of anything that I do. But it's, you know, it's very, it's very athletic. I like the Greek, the Greek kid, Giannis. And, uh, you know, we go to the Greek church an awful lot. So, uh, so anyway, they're trying to categorize me. And long ago... Amazon tried this, you know, and they even asked me to categorize myself, which would be an idea. That might be a better idea, Google, rather than you sitting in your ivory tower and your walled garden and saying, what is this person really interested in? You know, you might have a way of of regularly asking me what I'm interested in. <laughs> you know, we did work for the for the North American Fishing Club, and they used to send out books to new subscribers to their fishing club or new members free book and then they try to get you interested in 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 a regular sequence of books and i said i don't remember getting a book when i joined and they said oh yeah we always send a book what where do you live and i said wisconsin and they said oh that's a walleye book 
I said, oh, that might explain it. I probably read the package and sent it right back. I probably didn't even look at it because I think walleye fishing is very tasty. They're very, very, very good eating. They're maybe the best eating fish there is. You know, perch are good, but they're so small. But they're basically a big, big, a bigger perch. And uh, but they don't fight. They just drag in. It's not much fun at all. And so uh, and you don't cast or wiggle the bait. You just kind of drag it along the bottom. That's kind of the main technique for walleye fish. Or you just jig next to the boat. So it's a very, very boring way to fish. And it's no fight. And it's just good eating. That's all. I was good at it when I went, but uh, you have to be very, very subtle because they don't feel like they even bite the thing. Anyway, so they said, well, why don't you build a model that will tell us what fish someone wants to fish for in a particular zip code? And we could probably have done something with that uh, if we just wanted to take their money. Um, but I said, here's an idea. Why don't when people join, why don't you, why don't you include in their membership information that they have give you their name and address and things like that why don't you ask them what fish they like to fish for most and uh <laughs> you know well anyway so amazon asked me some of my interests in books back when they sold books and they said uh and they said I said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I'll, I'll get their offers and I'll tailor their offers to me and I'm a direct marketing guy. And so all of that makes sense. <clears throat> and so I thought, well, what books do I buy from Amazon? I buy Christian books, okay? Buy a lot of Christian books. And uh, they didn't have a selection for Christian. <laughs> they had spiritual. Okay, so I marked spiritual. And I thought, and I also buy hunting books. I've been learning. I was learning to hunt because we had Cabela's as a client, <clears throat> and I so I thought Mark. They didn't have. They didn't have hunting. No, they didn't. <laughs> they had outdoor. So I uh, and so I started receiving offers from them, and they were, they were, they were often sort of combinations of Buddhist environmental books. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with it, but. You know, it, it was it was kind of the opposite of what I was looking for. And so you have to understand that categorization without context is almost meaningless. It might even be counterproductive in terms of personalization and segmentation. This is one of the just the big challenges of this. And so, and for Google to think they can come up with 300 categories that are going to be meaningful, that's what they said down here. Google has about 300 topics <clears throat> for testing, which could grow into the low thousands. It's probably not enough. And my interests change through the year. You know, I'm not interested in baseball right now. I don't want to see it at all. And as I've often said, why doesn't, you might, off, you might even be better off telling, asking me what I'm not interested in which I would really love if ESPN would do that. Um, luckily, on the phone, not on the website, but on the phone, ESPN has a scores button, and that gives me mostly what I'm interested in. And I bypass the entire rest of the site because it's full of sports that I don't care about, and some I don't think are real sports. <laughs> so anyway, users can't pick their own topics, right? Which seems like a really simple <laughs> idea. Tell me what you think I'm I'm interested in, and I'll tell you what I think I'm interested in. They could do it. I'm on there every now and then. You know, I'm on YouTube almost every day. 
you know, but they, but why, why is it that they think they can predict me? And sometimes they do, but mostly they don't. Why don't they? <laughs> Never mind. You know, and what does a like mean anyway? Does that mean it was a good video? Does that mean I want to support the channel? Or does that mean I'm really, really interested in it? It's, it's not clear, right? It could be something that I, I think is, a, is something that needs to be, be promoted across the world. A good, you know, a good piece of information. Maybe it's about climate change or politics or something. Doesn't mean I like it, right? Maybe it'd be terrible. It might be terrible news. I don't like it. That's all you get. So again, maybe ex expanding that would make more sense. Anyway, so um, what Google's also trying to do? Well, so Google's what they're trying to do with this, with this. Uh, well, this is the the cookies thing. Let me see. This is related to, okay, so there was Pear, and that was related to clean rooms. And I'm going to include this article on clean rooms. It's very, very, uh, it's, you know, eight or nine minutes, Ryan Barwick. It's very, very uh, interesting. And it was actually, it was actually somewhat similar to what um, Market Builder does with some clients. They build, uh, they build a, uh, I forget what he called it. It was like a locked room. And they could, they could, they could be given permission to look at things by the owner of the data, but not whatever they wanted to look at, just what the owner of the data allowed them to see, and uh, which allowed them to do modeling. They would, you know, they would talk about what they would do. It was all anonymized, and uh, it would allow the the modeling. So I think Market Builder is is doing some of these, and maybe that should be something that we we help some of these digital marketers with. But anyway, so I'll include this article too, Clean Rooms Explained. Um, but I wanted to <clears throat> touch on this one, Combating Digital Fatigue with Direct Mail. I've talked about this before, but it's an excellent article. It talks about uh, how Teams has seen an increase in the length of meetings, almost triple the length <clears throat> since February 2020. And also... A 153, which is one and a half times, I think, is, let's see, 100% is like double. And, you know, percents are hard. Nobody gets percents. <laughs> a big increase in the number of meetings and the length of the meetings. You know, why we put extra digits on here, I don't know. And it's starting to wear us all down. <laughs> That's the bottom line. The average household has 25 connected devices. I bet we have more than that. No, I think I counted them up and we didn't have quite that, but it's in that range. Um... And so digital marketing is getting lost in the crowd. And yesterday, in yesterday's article from uh, Joy Genduza, uh, um, one of the people she talked to said, you know, a good piece of mail might be better than a might be better than a billion a, a billion digital ads. And that's and tomorrow we're going to talk about Mark Ritson and his his thoughts on how repetition and and continued be beating people with the same message isn't maybe effective. So we'll see how that goes. But as I said earlier in the week, here's a here's a temporary tattoo that Ryan Reynolds sent me this week. I got a card from Ryan Reynolds, and he sent me this this Ryan Reynolds tattoo that I it's a it's not it's a temporary tattoo. You know, he didn't want me to tat, but I suppose you could take it to a tattoo parlor and you could actually have them tattoo that on you if you put on the temporary one and then you could 
needle in the, the real one, and you could have a real Ryan Reynolds tattoo. And I think wouldn't be a copyright violation since he sent it to you for free. Anyway, you can do things in the mail that you can't do in digital. You know, And we know it gets delivered. We know it gets to a decision maker. And we know a decision has to be made. And that's something. Even for the people that don't respond to your offer, they still have to decide whether they're going to keep it or they're going to throw it away. And you say, well, that isn't much of a decision. Yes, but it's way more of a decision than digital. In digital, it throws itself away. In mail, it doesn't. So people have to make decisions. They know they have to make decisions. When they look at their mail, they're making decisions. And that is exponentially more engagement than digital offers. <clears throat> so, uh, a excellent article. It was in uh, it was in Brand United uh, a month or two ago, and we covered it. So I won't go into too much detail. But but take a look at it. Go over to WDMA and subscribe. It's free, <clears throat> and you can get access to all the show notes. And you know we we go through a lot of <laughs> I look at a lot of articles before I pick the four three or four that I do every day. So. Uh, we curate for you. Have a great day. Merry Christmas. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.